Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, in this episode, you'll learn more about taking the fun approach to patient care with Corey Jinks. Hope you like the episode. All right. So today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Corey Jinks. Corey earned his doctor of pharmacy degree from the University of South Carolina in 2011. And since then, he has practiced as a retail pharmacist, outpatient clinical pharmacist, and inpatient clinical pharmacist. And his current practice is as an ambulatory care clinical pharmacy specialist, where he applies his passion for lifestyle interventions in the management of chronic disease. In addition to his career as a pharmacist, Corey is also an accomplished improv comedian, having started on his comedy journey in 2013. Since then, Corey has coached, taught, and performed improv teaching uh, other healthcare professionals how to apply valuable skills of improv comedy to create a more adaptable, empathetic, and humanizing healthcare experience. Uh, Corey lives in Tucson, Arizona with his wife, Cassie, their two children, and 10 chickens. And when he's not caring for patients or making people laugh, he enjoys harvesting rainwater, playing racquetball, basketball, and golf, and exploring the science of disease management through lifestyle. Uh, He's currently working on his master's degree in dad jokes with the help of his two sons. (laughs) Corey, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that uh, that kind introduction. It makes me sound much more important in, than I think I really am. But uh, yeah, I guess I've done quite a bit in my eleven-ish years uh, as a pharmacist. Yeah, yeah, we um, we graduated the same year. Actually, I, it seems um, mind blowing to um, you know look back, uh, you know, in practicing over a decade and see you know how far we've come and, um, you know, what even may lie ahead. So, um, Corey, we've heard a little bit about your background or are there any gaps in that intro or anything else that you'd like to share about your personal life? I think you hit the the high points. I, I know you had all of the pharmacist comedians, uh, available to you and you chose me to be on. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I've really taken this skill, this hobby of improvisation and comedy that I started, uh, back earlier in my career and turned it into something that maybe I feel like a better pharmacist, uh, a better husband and now father, a uh, better team member. And beyond that, yeah, you listed all, all the hobbies I try to squeeze in outside of a full-time job and a, and a side job of, of speaking, training, and writing a book too. So yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've kept quite busy. Very exciting. Well, yeah, I mean, as you just mentioned, it's not typical for, you know, the only other person that came to mind that has anything related to improv is actually, I think they're in the Phoenix, Tucson area, uh, Kevin Boson. Um, He was working with Tabula Rasa. Um, So if you two don't know each other, hopefully you two can connect. We Um, do, actually. I I, uh, helped, helped. uh, He actually wrote a blurb for my book. Uh, Or he was, he, he he was, he offered to, and we we missed a deadline. But yeah, he, I I know him and he's an awesome guy. And yeah, a a big champion of the, the application of comedy and improv to healthcare for sure. Wow. 
Okay, great. Um, well, we've had Kevin on as a guest as well. Um, but yeah, I think that people are just really resonating with um, how do we, you know, light, lighten the mood, um, bring, you know, uh, and bring some of that. So tell us some ways that, um, you know, you're well, maybe let's back up and kind of share a little bit, you know, how did you even think, like, what is improv? How did you get into improv? And, um, yeah, yeah. I guess we should, we should start. One of the rules of improvisation is to form a base reality. Know your, know, know your who, what, and where of what's going on. And so I'd, I'd always enjoyed comedy as a, as a kid in high school and college. And there was actually an improv group at the university of South Carolina that I went and saw and had my mind blown and was like, I would love to do that. And then the logical part of my brain was like, well, but I should just do pharmacy school. So I never pursued that. And so when I finished my residency in 2012, my now wife, then girlfriend, I had a birthday coming up. It was her first time she had to give me a birthday gift. And she asked, what do you, what do you want to do? And I said, I have this time now. I'm, done. I'm not in a residency. So I asked to get an improv class and I took a class and took another. And eventually you heard the the progression I've coached, taught, performed for, for, for lots of people. But improv, for those who are unfamiliar with it, is an art form where everything is made up on the spot. So the characters, the plot, the setting, if you've ever, if you've ever seen the show, like Whose Land Is It, Any, Whose Land is it Anyway? That's, a, that's an imp- improvised show where wow. you can either play a game or there's a different format. Like I'm, I've performed on an improvised rapping team. I've performed on a team where mm-hmm. people tell stories and we use the stories to inspire improv. But mm-hmm. essentially, it really teaches you to think on your feet, listen, communicate, live in the moment and work well as a team. Wow. Yes. Uh, think on your feet for sure. Uh, I'm sure many people have probably seen that show. Um, so Corey, you know, a lot of times I have my, myself feeling, gosh, I, a lot of that creativity feels like it's left. How do you, I, I guess that's probably a fun way for you to let out that creative side and outlet. Um, because with, with pharmacies, with, you know, a lot of healthcare, it's very science-based and, uh, you know, all of this and you, you know, you kind of, it's very, uh, routine or, or kind of expected. Um, so, but tell us how you, you weave in some of your improv, um, skills into, you know, some of the customer service and some of your patient interactions. Oh, absolutely. I, I really parallel improvisation and healthcare. I think they have a lot of similarities. I, like improv, I'll go to rehearsal and my parents will say, Corey, why are you going to rehearse a thing that's all made up? But I think improv is very similar to like a sport, like say basketball, where there are certain rules, there are certain guidelines you have to follow, but there are certain skills you have to practice. But within any game, within any game, anything can happen in that period of time. Well, in an improv, in an improv stage, the same thing happens. We have certain rules. We have, if you can believe it, there are rules for a form where everything is made up. There are certain formats, but within that, anything can happen in that time frame. Well, healthcare. I don't know if you know this about pharmacy, but we have lots of rules. <laughs> so uh, we have certain rules. We have a time limit of what we can do. We have to make a quick connection with someone in front of us, whether it's an improv stage with another scene partner or an audience of strangers, or as a pharmacist, maybe you're counseling a patient, calling a physician, working in a healthcare team, depending on your setting. And so the, I think there's a huge parallel in that ability to take a kind of rigid outside world or a, a set of rules, but within that play. I really use the term play, you play within it. So when I'm speaking with a patient, yes, I have the objective things I need to follow, the rules I need to follow, the, the things I need to talk to them about, whether it's a medication or, or any sort of counseling point. But within that, anything can happen. So it's all about staying in that moment, listening and responding to that individual patient in front of me to know, find out you know, what is their motivation? What do they care about? 
how can I respond to their concerns? Are they even concerned about the counseling point I'm telling them or do they care about something totally different? Like I, I do diabetes management and I can't tell you how many times I end up talking about pain management, social issues, anything but their blood sugars, but it's because I'm able to listen and address those concerns within that, within that constraint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's so much in um, how you ask those questions and then obviously your training of being able to think on your feet and, um, and, and create a, an interesting and engaging, uh, compelling reason and how to, to get them to maybe change some of these lifestyle behaviors. Um, yeah. So, so maybe tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, how it, it even is impacting, you know, how you work with teams, you know, people within your organization or, you know, a lot of times in uh, healthcare, we can maybe be a little burned out and stressed. Um, are there ways that you're using that to help improve uh, your work culture? So I'll start from the team aspect of it, and then I'll, I'll touch on the burnout and the work culture. So from a team aspect, I think that the misconception when I tell people I do improv comedy is they're like, oh, well, I have this great joke you can use for your stand-up. I'm like, well, I, I don't stand up in front of an audience with a microphone like Jerry Seinfeld telling jokes. I actually work as a team. And one of the, the really cool things uh, that improv teaches you is to work well as a team because sometimes you're the one delivering that joke, delivering that line that gets the big laugh, but sometimes you're that person setting up that joke for that person to get that big laugh in the scene. And that's, I, to use another sports analogy, it's like an alley-oop in basketball. Someone's got to throw the pass and someone's got to get gets to throw it down and slam dunk it. I, I've i seen me play basketball. I've never slam dunked it before. So I've always been the pass, the pass <laughs> thrower for that. But I think a lot of times in healthcare within teams, the, the improv helps to to you uh, helps you to identify your ego and kind of lower it to be successful as a group. And in healthcare, I think sometimes egos, I don't know if you've ever worked with someone who has a large ego, but sometimes an ego can get in the way. So I, to me, I think the, the improv skills from a team dynamic are to really focus on working as a group toward that, towards that common vision or goal. In our case, hopefully it is in the service of that patient. Uh, I think many of us can remember situations where the interactions with other healthcare team members were not in the service of that patient. It might've been in a specific, for a specific specialty or a certain discipline. And so my improv skills really helped me see that big picture of, of what are we working towards. Now, from that team dynamic, that burnout, dealing with the stresses of, of healthcare, I think another misconception when I tell people I do comedy is that, oh, Corey, you just must just tell jokes all day long and then just lightens the mood. And I think what improvisers do really well is another one of our rules is we say yes and accept reality. And so whatever that reality might be, whether it's the fact that we are dealing with a pandemic and working from home, whether it's we're dealing with a drug that isn't covered, uh, we, we don't fight it. We agree and embrace that reality. So sometimes that means that in a staff meeting, yeah, I, I make a joke and I'm, I think I've objectively been told I'm pretty funny as far as pharmacists go. So mm -hmm. I, I, I hope, I hope I am. I'm, I'm a comedian. So I hope I'm making some levity in those situations. But I think the other thing it has helped me do is kind of read the room, so to speak. Yeah. And so if you're dealing with a group that's burnt out and frustrated, sometimes it means a pat on the back for, for those that want one, a hug or, or a discussion of, why the current state of affairs is not going as it should. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think from a leadership perspective, sometimes the the intervention doesn't match the mood or the frustrations of the of the staff. And I know that the as we record this, uh, for a timestamp of everybody, the March of 2022, the the hashtag pizza is not working is a really big right. a really big thing about how 
we for for a long time pharmacists not have had the best working conditions, but management thinks pizza will make it better. Well, buy in pizza, it'll make it better. Well, yes, they're not they're not acknowledging the reality of what the frustrations are. It isn't that their staff is hungry; it's that their staff is hungry and don't get a lunch break to eat that pizza. It's the most ironic intervention from a management. Like I, I find that hugely ironic that like let's get you this food you don't have time to eat. Exactly. So I think as an improviser, sometimes yes, it's it's being able to lighten the mood. Uh, but also it means meeting that meeting that that staff member, that team, or it's a patient that sometimes needs a joke or sometimes a kick in the rear to get to get their lifestyle in order. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, you know, totally nailed it with, um, you know, when you're leading teams, you've got to be able to read the room or to, you know, I I was on a call and had heard something about the leadership was like, yeah, you've been doing such a great job. This is in February. We're going to get the team pizza. And I'm like, ah, that's like the worst thing you can do. You know, there's a, there's a big movement out there. Um, you know, anything but pizza, but, uh, Just get calzones, fold the pizza over and call the calzone, anything but that. Yeah. Yes. I know. Um, well, so Corey, tell it, you know, so you do all of this, of course, uh, on the side and I want to get to that, but, um, tell us a little bit more about your, you know, day-to-day setup. Are you seeing patients in the clinic setting? Have you moved any to remote, um, you know, telehealth or, um, what is your kind of regular day job look like? And then how are you fitting in these other things? You know, you're also managing a family and, um, yeah, well, I mean, I just ignore my kids, and that's the joke. I actually do not ignore my kids, but my dad. So I had to. I had to try to at least make a a, a joke there. But yeah, the day to day is. I it's a part partly remote, partly in person, seeing people in clinic versus the phone calls, which is nice. I think that mm-hmm. it. My joke is that it literally took a pandemic to realize that people could work from home and be just as effective. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's like sort of like a that sad morbid joke about like the pizza for people that don't have time to eat it. Like, right. oh, we've been asking to telework for years. It's impossible, and within two weeks you have to, it's like, okay, so we could have done this, but yeah. So I, I have a mix there. I work, um, um, I'm a banker's hours Monday through Friday. And then what I really do as far as my, my side business is I, I speak and work with groups. And so that can mean uh, I do, I've done a lot, fortunately, like the, the upside of, of, a going virtual is that I, I can spend my evenings doing a virtual training for a group of healthcare staff or for, stu- I do a lot of student groups as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not doing that, I, I'm working currently on promoting the book that I wrote. So I spend time on, on that side of things. And then I really try to chunk my time so that when work is over and the kids are home from daycare or it's the day that they're home already, I, I spend my evenings with them. And I try to, I have a basically a four and, and a one and a half year old. So mm-hmm. if I can get them to bed or I, my wife and I get them to bed by eight, then I'll spend another 30 to 60 minutes in the evening working on various various things within my side business. So it, it keeps me busy. Uh, don't ask me what cool things on Netflix right now. Uh, we just, yep. that's, that's part that kind of, yep. you know, something has to give and exactly. that the entertainment uh, and leisure side gives there. But I, I get up, I mean, I get up at around five, four thirty or five every day and do a workout. So I always get uh, my exercise in. I, I, I manage diabetes all day. So I manage the, the consequences of inactive lifestyles. So I've, I've always make, make time for that. And then um, just doing my best to, to fit in the, the, the labor of love, which, which is this, like what we're doing right now. Like this, this is always energizing to me. So it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like work, uh, as much as sometimes work can feel like work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, 
I totally get that. I think that people love to use the example of, you know, what success looks like and it's the iceberg. And so people only see the top, the success. They don't see the, oh, I'm not up on the latest Netflix shows or I'm spending, you know, instead of hanging out on the couch or something, even after the kids go to bed, you are like grinding it out, you know, um, getting up early, being dedicated. Um, and that's what, you know, a lot of times um, leads to success. So I, I did want to kind of point that out that you, um, you know, have a routine, uh, <laughs> you're, you, you know, dedicated and all of that. Well, Corey, um, let's, let's switch gears. I do want to ask, um, a little bit more about your book and what people can expect from that and maybe some of the trainings that you do. Yeah. So thank you for asking about the book. So the book is called Permission to Care, Building a Healthcare Culture that Thrives in Chaos. And the sort of impetus was in 2020, I was set to go out and start doing more of my in-person trainings as a speaker. And of course with COVID, like we didn't do in-person anymore. So I had this this time and mental energy set aside. So I, mm -hmm. I wrote the manuscript in 2020 and, and, and edited and published it over the course of the last year. But I think what people can expect, uh, what a lot of the feedback I've been getting has been really kind is, is it's a funny book. Uh, I use a lot of anecdotes and stories from my own career to highlight some of the absurdities and points. Like I mentioned the telework issue just now, mm -hmm. but what I do is I like to, I lay out in a way that that's for those who are not familiar with improvisation, a lot of the basic tenets of improv and how they can apply to the healthcare system to, to make teams more resilient, to be more adaptable, to communicate better, and ultimately to acknowledge that healthcare is chaos. As much as pharmacists, and we're, we're a certain type, we're, we're pretty type A folks, and I, I know from myself and from doing a lot of training that uh, we, when things go, off, go sideways, as they often do, that's when we can get really flustered. But what being an improviser and literally living in a world where everything is made up has taught me is if I can take these skills as an improviser and apply them to healthcare, then I will be a more effective healthcare professional. And the whole idea of the permission to care, uh, the, the one rule I'll teach your audience today with improv or another one, I guess I talked about based reality is this idea of yes and. So we must, we agree and we build together. That's what yes and is. That is all what, that's entirely what improvisation is. And I think what we got into pharmacy or healthcare to do is to take care of our patients. And we want we want that permission to do the right thing. And I think this is a book for the, for the practitioner on the front lines, but also for leadership to realize that we need to get the tools and we need to be able to listen to the frontline staff so that we can ultimately do what we trained really hard to do. And that is to get permission to take care of our, our patients. And then, then how do we take that and then not only survive, but thrive in a, an ever-changing and chaotic healthcare world? And so this, this complements and goes on in addition to, to what I do. So I'll do, I do keynote talks and workshops, and I speak on adaptability, empathy, and, and really creating a humanizing healthcare experience. And so whether it's a, a keynote for an event or working with a group, I, I apply these lessons and skills of improv because when, when I talk about the humanizing experience, we, we don't always get to control the outcome, the diagnosis of our, for our patients and for the groups we're with, but we can still create an incredible, great healthcare experience. And I think that we talk about burnout a lot of times, us as providers feel like cogs in a wheel. And I think everyone listening has consumed healthcare at some point and probably feels like that same cog in a wheel. Mm -hmm. So how can we at least, despite whatever the issue is with that particular patient, make them feel like a person and not a cog so that they'll can at least enjoy and appreciate the healthcare experience. And I think that's something that patients will appreciate. And as a provider, when patients are happy, I'm happy and I'm less burnt out too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
And Corey, as our final question, uh, I always love to ask guests, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? I would, I'm going to steal from my own book and I'm, I would tell myself to say yes to more things or anyone who's early on in their career, mm-hmm. say yes to more things and to trying things that are uncomfortable. Uh, I chose pharmacy admittedly because it was a very linear quote. I mean, it's uncomfortable doing all of the hard work of becoming a pharmacist, but right. compared to a nebulous job of, or a degree in like liberal arts, it's like a very concrete mm-hmm. endpoint that you reach. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was a little shied away from from trying and taking risks. Improv has taught me how to take risks, uh, like not reckless ones, like I don't know, driving without a seatbelt on a highway going backwards, like 100 miles an hour. Like that's that's not the kind of risk I'm talking about. But starting a business, starting a podcast, exploring an interest that even is even if it isn't a traditional pharmacy interest, you'll like who I would have never imagined that I would be doing improv for healthcare, but here I am. 11 years into my career. So say yes to, to being uncomfortable and trying those new things. Absolutely. Such great advice. Well, Corey, it was a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. It was a, it was fun out here in Tucson So uh, as well, way out here on the southwest side of the country. So I appreciate the opportunity to come and, and talk about what I do in my book. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, we'll have people checking it out again. Where can they find you? So the best place to find all of the links about me is coreyjenks.com. So it's C-O-R-Y-J-E-N-K-S.com. Yeah, my parents did not put an E in my name. They didn't buy the vowel. They were cheap. So it's just C-O-R-Y. Got so it. So a little, little Wheel of Fortune joke for all the people out there that are old souls or uh, grew up watching the wheel with their grandparents. So Awesome. All right. Thank you, Corey. Great to visit with you. All right. Thank you. Bye.